This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. It's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. I'm so excited about today's guests. We've got Paul Greenberg and Martha Beck. I'm also excited about next week's guest. Kelly Corrigan is going to be with us. You know her, the author. She does amazing things. She's got a new children's book. You're going to love it. Made me cry talking to her. Happy tears, happy tears. Okay, so today we're going to talk about integrity. Integrity. I think this is one of my life lessons, to stay within your truth. Martha Beck's new book is called The Way of Integrity, and in it she gives us four questions we can ask ourselves every day to stay in our truth. I have to tell you about my girlfriend, Violet. This is the thing we talk about all the time, like having to say the hard thing and not wanting to lie or even make a little fib. We wanna tell as much truth as we can tell and stay in our integrity. So my girlfriend, she had to fire her cleaning lady. It's just not working out. It's just not a good fit. So Violet texts me like, not looking forward to doing this. So we found the words to say the thing, to stay in our truth and be kind at the same time. And it was so much fun. I mean, you know, you don't wanna lie. You don't wanna lie to your cleaning lady. And you don't wanna say, I don't like the way you clean. Like, what's the point of that, right? It's not a good fit if you don't want to have that conversation with her. If it was a great fit, you'd be able to say, oh, I love having you here. And by the way, can you do the bathroom this way or that way, right? I realize this is a luxury problem for my friend, having to find a better fit cleaning lady. But I adore that she wanted to stay in complete integrity while she did it. So we found the right words. We just said Violet had to leave the country. (laughs) No, we didn't. We just found the right words. But it takes a minute. It takes a minute to take responsibility for staying in integrity. And this is a place where I get all twisted up so many times and find myself saying things I don't want to say because I am, I am playing out some role that I don't even want to be in. I wonder if that resonates with anybody. So I truly enjoyed talking to Martha Beck, best-selling author, life coach, a speaker who specializes in helping people achieve greater levels of personal and professional success. Martha has written nine nonfiction books and one novel, has contributed monthly to O, the Oprah magazine, since the very beginning. Her PhD in sociology is from Harvard, and she's a very generous, very generous lady. Integrity, Martha Beck. When did you start on this topic? Uh, 30 years ago. Uh, I've been a self-help writer for 30 years and working with people. And after 30 years, I put together, I, I sort of came to this belief that there's one simple way to get beyond suffering. And I spent about five years writing that and researching it. One simple way to get beyond suffering. What is it? It's come into your whole self. Be your true self, your whole self, and nothing but yourself. And that's a condition I call integrity, which is not moralizing. It's like an airplane in structural integrity can fly. 
if, if, if it's not in harmony with itself, if it falls out of structural integrity, it will crash, and our lives work the same way. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right. I, um, I, don't, I can't read Dante's The Divine Comedy. I can't read it. You so don't have to. <laughs> thank you for reading it for me. Please tell me the parallels here between that and your book. So Dante starts off The Divine Comedy by saying, in the middle of my life, I sort of came to myself in this really confusing, scary place, and I didn't even know how I'd gotten there, and I couldn't get out. And I think all of us find ourselves in those places, in the wrong job, the wrong relationship, the wrong life situation. And he tries to get out, and the only way out is to go through hell, which is, if you've ever been to therapy or a 12-step group, you go in, you look at your inner demons, you question the things that have put you in the wrong situation, then you go out, he goes all the way through hell, then he has to bring his actions into alignment with his new truth, and that's called purgatory or cleansing. And then he's ready for paradise, and the rest of the Divine Comedy tells you what kinds of magic will come to you when you are whole and undivided, your true self. It's so hard. It's so hard. You know, I'm just thinking of the culture like in the workplace, for instance, like it's a revolving door of lack of integrity. And like, you know, you smile and you go along to get along and then you want to go home and take a shower because you feel so disgusting. I mean, is it just me? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's really true. We're born with our true nature and immediately we run into culture social pressure from family, from work, from religion, from whatever. And when we do that, because we are trying to be good, we sell out our true nature, what we really deeply believe, and we start to act like the culture wants us to. And at that point, we've lost our truth, and we start to feel very, uh, un- like, ungrounded. And things just don't work right. That's how you know you're out of integrity. Things don't work right. Right. I keep waiting for an environment where I can practice my truth instead of practicing it in the environment that I'm in. Yeah, you'll be waiting a long time for that. Okay. So we- <laughs> Nobody's culture is perfect yeah. for their true selves. But if you find true nature, you will find that you may differ from the culture and people may push back. Lord knows I got all kinds of pushback in my own life. But your integrity will give you this unshakable peace, and from there you will be able to love people more, and eventually it all comes back to harmony. But you're right, it's very scary at the beginning. Very scary. Very scary. They would say, like, what you, you laughed at this joke yesterday, why aren't you laughing at it today? Right? Right. Talk about the four questions. Okay, so the four questions you can ask. I ask this of myself every morning when I wake up and several times throughout the day. Am I letting myself feel what I really feel? Am I letting myself know what I really know? Am I letting myself say what I really mean? And am I letting myself do what I really feel is right? If you can say yes to all of those, you're in integrity, you're going to have a great day. If not, you'll see where the problems are, and you can start to gently, gradually correct them. Oh, my God. These questions make me want to lie down on the floor and breathe into a bag. (laughs) Am I feeling what I really feel? Am I letting myself know what I really know? Am I saying what Mm -hmm. I really mean? Am I doing what I really want? Holy smokes, integrity's hard, Martha Beck. It's easy. Nothing is easier. The only hard part is dealing with people going, how dare you? 
but you know you're back home in yourself and home is your place of peace um and that is the the only way to it is integrity the only way can you give us a few examples from your life when you stood in your integrity or or traveled towards your integrity or jumped into the integrity bus yeah the, the first big one i was 25 i was getting my doctorate at harvard and i was almost six months pregnant with my second child when he was diagnosed with down syndrome and everyone around me all the doctors told me it was like a malignant tumor my professor said it would ruin my career but my true nature and i'm pro-choice politically but my nature was in love with the baby already and i chose my nature i kept him i didn't institutionalize him and it, it revolutionized my life um and then weirdly i left my religion because i'd come to believe in something and i was i grew up very mormon left that religion lost almost every relationship i'd had before the age of 18 including my whole family of origin and even in the middle of all that loss moving toward my integrity brought me into health and into peace oh wow okay all right so gosh i it's all so wonderful but it's to me it seems like a great big mountain give me give me a starting place is it is it the four questions first thing in the morning or or what no, it's very little. I call it one-degree turns. If you're in an airplane and you're flying 10,000 miles and you change one degree to the right by every, every half hour, you won't even notice it happening, but you'll end up in a really different place. So here's your job for the day. Find a place in your day that doesn't feel exciting to you. Can you think of something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you mind sharing? What is it? The place in my day that doesn't feel exciting to me? I have to stay, yeah. in, I have to stay in my office until 12 noon, even even if I don't have any work today to do so, I'm just going to be like, you know, fiddling around in my office for a couple of hours today. And that doesn't feel good. Okay. So you ask your true nature, which is telling you this doesn't feel good. What would make this a little bit more true to me? So listening to your favorite music, um, watching funny animal videos online, uh, these are things that I do to, to mm-hmm. better some of this stuff in my life that isn't perfect. As I say that, can you feel there's a way sort of you could come back and be kinder to your whole self by adding something something to this experience that would be more embracing for you? Wow. 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 You know, it's funny. We talked the other day about micro steps, and that's kind of a micro step, not this one degree yes. turn closer to something that's kinder to yourself rather than gritting your teeth right. and feeling uncomfortable. Oh, I like this very much. Yeah, and the, the book goes through the whole process, but in tiny, tiny steps that you can do reliably over and over. There's nothing, you never have to take a huge leap. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what a lack of integrity looks like, like outside of the personal realm? Yeah, um, when, well, outside of the personal, when you get a culture that has divided um, things at its foundation, like all men are created equal, but let's go purchase some human beings. That's a basic lack of integrity. Um, personally, it shows up, uh, lack of integrity shows up as a loss of purpose, and then bad moods, and then bad health, and then failures in career and relationship. And when you look at a whole society that's out of integrity, the same things will happen over time, only on a larger scale. Okay. So if you heal yourself, you're already starting to heal the world. So when the, the, the men wrote all men are created equal and then also had slaves, they couldn't right. see their lack of integrity, right? They had a blind right. spot? Exactly. Yeah, and we all have those because our culture has taught us this is virtuous. Even if it's wrong for us, we're like, okay, I'll try to be good. We go off 
kilter not by trying to be bad, but by trying to be good. So when you have a blind spot, it will start to irritate. Like there will be, your life will be out of sync. You'll feel things just won't work correctly, just the way our culture now is seeing the Black Lives Matter movement. That's a shaking up of the system that was not based in integrity. And that happens at every level, from our innermost thoughts to the global community. All right, Martha Beck, everybody has to go out and get this book, The Way of Integrity, (laughs) Finding the Path to Your True Self, but there must be more. Can we find you on Instagram or or where can we find you? Where can we connect? You bet. Instagram, Facebook, or my website, MarthaBeck.com. All right. Thank you so much for your time and all the goodness you bring into the world. Have a beautiful day. Oh, thank you, Casey. You too. Martha Beck, The Way of Integrity. Integrity, she says, means being one thing as opposed to duplicity or multiplicity. Martha says integrity simply means being whole. It means being the same single person in whatever circumstance. Martha says that our culture teaches us rules, and in following these rules, we begin to split ourselves from our essential beings, our deepest truth. And that's what it looks like to lose our integrity, and it's not benign. Ultimately, it's devastating. I'm still not reading the Divine Comedy. And thank goodness for Martha Beck, who will make me feel like I understand reading the Divine Comedy after I'm done with her book, The Way of Integrity. Okie dokie, my sweets. And now we need to find our integrity when it comes to caring for our Mother Earth. Paul Greenberg is our next guest. He's a James Beard award-winning author. The James Beard Foundation is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to celebrate, nurture, and honor chefs and other leaders, making America's food culture more delicious, diverse, and sustainable for everyone. That's the James Beard Foundation. James Baird is a state park in the Hudson Valley. And you know what? Paul Greenberg gives a shout out to the Hudson Valley. I know he lives in New York, but I guess he knows about us over here. So Paul Greenberg is the author of the James Beard award-winning bestseller, Four Fish, American Catch, The Omega Principle, regular contributor to the New York Times. And he's written a book that he really wants everybody to know is not a gotcha book. He's really trying to bring people together with The Climate Diet, 50 Simple Ways to Trim Your Carbon Footprint. As we celebrate Earth Day, there are simple things we can do. Well, first of all, I don't want to overwhelm anyone with this book. And in fact, this book is very short and it's meant to not underwhelm, but just be approachable. So very simply with food, um, simple switches, um, switch, from beef to chicken. Uh, Why? Beef is something like 27 kilos of carbon emissions per kilo of beef that you eat. Chicken is only um, six to seven. So right there, that's a pretty good switch. Now, notice I'm not saying go all the way to lentils. You could, and that'd be even better because lentils are only something like uh, 0.9 kilos of emissions per per kilo of food produced. That'd be the best, but I don't want to, this book is really about trying to bring people together, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, conservatives or liberals. We all know that we need to do something to trim our emissions, and frankly, American emissions are off the charts. So making one, one simple switch from beef to chicken, that's a pretty easy way to start. Okay. Can do. You say shrinking weddings helps. Even buying one less pair of shoes for a wedding can help. I don't get that. How can that help? 
<laughs> yeah, well, so, um, you know, weddings um, where you have a huge amount of fly-in guests, flying is super, super carbon intensive, can be more than a ton per flight. So right away, trying thinking about having fewer guests, fewer fly-in guests, or um, worst comes to worst, put the wedding somewhere in the middle, putting your wedding proximate to the greatest number of guests so that you have the least amount of flying. But um, as you mentioned, even packing one less pair of shoes can be... Um, uh, significantly impactful if you're flying. So, you know, different kinds of things, adding, you know, trying to subtract your carbon footprint everywhere you go with regards to a wedding can be super, super important. Wow. So so one less pair of shoes on the plane lessens That's the right. weight of the plane? That's right. And if you multiply that by a number of people on the plane, it adds up. And, you know, flying things is expensive. I mean, I say this, this is, I'm jumping around a little bit, but in the food section, I, I talk about try to avoid flying food, right? Because things like fresh fish and fresh berries that are flown to us um, can actually have something like 50 times the carbon impact of something that's sent to us by ship. Flying is just super, super, all the time, super expensive. I mean, just to put in perspective, in England, there was one study that showed that only um, 1 to 2% of all the food eaten by England people in England um, accounted for 40% of the food uh, carbon emissions from that country, mm-hmm. and that's because that 1 to 2% was flown. So just trying to avoid flying yourself, flying your food, flying your shoes. All right. got to ask this question. You know, some of us are using Amazon all the time. Is that yep. better or worse, that the trucks are out there, they're driving around, they're bringing me stuff? How awful is that? Well, you, the thing I really go after in the climate diet is the amount of packaging that's involved in all of this. And, you know, if we keep going at the current rate, we're probably going to have to, to cut down the number of trees um, I think the number is something like, you know, 5% of the actual trees in the Amazon are going to go to boxes over the course of the last the last 10, future 20 years. So a lot, a lot of trees are going up into boxes. So that's where I'm, you know, trying to be, you know, get people to cut back and to really get away from, you know, consumerism in general to, like, think twice before they hit that button and buy more stuff. You do point out, though, an interesting um, and important point, which is that driving is America's number one problem. And so we need to, one of the things we did learn during the during the pandemic was to try to consolidate our driving and to, like, if we're going to go to the supermarket to really stock up on things like frozen food, which, by the way, are a pretty good carbon deal. So being conscious, um, you know, of your not only your Amazon purchasing, but how often you yourself are driving to a store to buy stuff. I think we have to, you know, dial back on both. Okay. You say dial back. That leads me to the thermostat. You say tiny yep. changes can shrink emissions enormously. Yeah, I'm just going back um, a couple of degrees. Um, will um, cut back your emissions quite a bit, um, but also, you know, a, a way to go around this, an even bigger um, solution, is to get yourself a programmable thermostat. Um, this is not a very expensive piece of equipment to add to your home, um, but what that will do is you'll be able to have a pattern that matches your day pattern, and instead of having to think about it and tweaking your thermostat all the time, um, you're keeping yourself from kind of, you know, just basically overload, you know, overusing your heat or your cooling when you're not there. So probably getting a programmable thermostat is a really good addition to what you're doing. And as I say, dialing, dialing back, particularly at night, um, your thermostat um, will save you a fair amount of emissions. And also, you actually, there's been some studies out that show that if you, your temperature is um, lowered during the night, you actually um, tend to lose some weight. Ooh! That's sort of interesting. Because <laughs> your body, you know, your body kicks in, has to, has to burn energy in order to... Um, 
you know, to maintain temperature. So mm-hmm. why not lose a little weight and, and, and save a little carbon at the same time? Paul Greenberg, you got everybody's attention with that one. Let me ask yep. you this. Where's your hope on the subject? So, I mean, we're going to have to come at this from multiple directions. You know, we're personally... Americans emit 16 tons of carbon per person per year, CO2 per person per year, which is, you know, France is like at 4 or 5, India's at 1.5. I think we could get to where France is at, so that would be a tremendous savings for the planet. Um, But we're also going to need, you know, thank gosh that we've got... Um, an administration that's really thinking actively um, about getting um, green power on the grid. Um, I think we're going to need government action. Um, there's a section in the book on sort of how to plug yourself into political action. We're going to need business to change their ways. Um, you know, there's a section about how to invest um, so that you are not putting money in the pockets of people that are um, furthering the expansion of fossil fuels. So we need a micro-level uh, personal action, which is probably the two, first two-thirds of the book, and then we need a governmental and business action which is the second third, the last third of the book, um, in order to bring us to a place of hope, I think. Can I make a confession? Please. I feel terrible every day when I feed my cat. Like, I, mm. I feel awful because the cat food comes in this little container that I know it's horrible. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I do make it, there is a, a note there, and one of the climate things you can do is next time you're getting a pet, you know, think about the carbon footprint of your pet. Um, uh, you could think about things like, a guinea pig or a bird, um, the things, animals that are vegetarian actually have much smaller carbon paw print, let's say, um, than your cat and your dog. But I do myself have a cat, I must confess, but we do try to focus on dry food over canned food if we can. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of questions in there, but, you know, again, this book is not necessarily my strongest personal opinion. I surveyed a number of different experts, to, and I said, well, what are the number one or two things everybody could think about doing? You don't necessarily have to do every single one of these things in their books, but I think everyone could do some of them and get to a better place. All right. Where do we go to find more about you, sir? Just go to my website, paulgreenberg.org. I think of myself more as an organization than a com. <laughs> so go to paulgreenberg.org, um, and you'll see direct links to buying the book. Um, but also my other books are up there as well, and so I invite everyone to, you know, and, and drop me a note if you want. I'm also on Twitter at Fish Greenberg. Fish Greenberg. Thank you, sir. Thank you for all the good things you're doing in the world. I appreciate uh, you. My very great pleasure. Hi to the Hudson Valley. Hey, right back to you, Paul Greenberg. His book, The Climate Diet, 50 Simple Ways to Trim Your Carbon Footprint. He goes on to say that telecommuting habits from the pandemic, if we keep those up, that drastically cuts pollution. Owning an electric car is likely to save $9,000 in fuel costs. Also in the book, Paul gives advice about putting pressure on financial institutions to divest fossil fuels or show you how to move your accounts to a more climate-responsible institution. The book says, consider investing in a forest, donate to a land trust, invest in businesses committed to the transition from fossil fuels to renewable energy. And the book also shares how to put a climate-forward agenda on the desk of your local politicians right now. Paul Greenberg. And I just came across this on Mashable. The last time CO2 levels were as high as they were today, ocean waters drowned the lands where Houston, Miami, and New York City now exist. They were underwater at one time. Kathleen Benison, a geologist at West Virginia University who researches past climate, says CO2 in the atmosphere has gone up 100 ppm in her lifetime, and that's incredibly fast geologically. Researchers say some of the human-driven changes happening on the Earth today won't be reversed for centuries or thousands of years. 
because our civilization continues to deposit prodigious loads of carbon into the atmosphere each year, and all these heat-trapping gases won't magically vanish from the air, even if we stop adding carbon to the atmosphere. Rather, they'll have impacts on the planet like gradually rising sea levels and acidifying oceans for centuries. Already, sea levels have risen by some 8 to 9 inches since the late 1800s. And a conservative estimate from the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is sea levels will rise another two feet by the end of this century. But this could very well be more like two or three feet, or even more, depending on what Antarctica's colossal melting Thwaites Glacier, it's about the size of Britain, purges into the sea in this century. This does not bode well for human civilization, which heavily populates the coastlines. That from Rob DeCanto, a professor of climatology at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. So let's do the little things we can do, right? It adds up. Okay, my darlings, it is time for the thought for the day. And I guess it has to be this one from Margaret Mead. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Shana. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.